I thought with everything going on since um, Israel is Bible terminology. As a matter of fact, when you see Israel on the news, it's the only country in the world that's named by God. God named that country. He had a man named Jacob, and he said, from now on, you'll be called Israel. God gave him his name. And from you, all these people are going to come. And so that's God's place and God's area that we're talking about. And so what we're reading right now is some, and seeing on television, it's terrible. It's just terrible what they're doing. And I saw that one report where they went in, those Palestinians, and killed all those babies and just uh, just massacred them. And I, I just couldn't imagine. I don't want to hurt anybody's baby. I don't care if I don't like the person or not. I don't want to hurt a baby. But, man, people are wicked, aren't they? And it's just awful what's going on. But you can mark this down. They can talk sides all they want to, but I know which side God's on, and I'm getting on his side. And God's for Israel. The Bible's clear on that. That's not even something we'd have to talk about. He's very clear on it. And so I'm going to give you a little bit on that for just a few minutes tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you tonight. and Thank you for blessing us and watching over us. And help us this evening as we look into your word. And I do pray that you'll help Israel as they have been attacked by terror groups. And, and Lord, just may you bless them and watch over them and give them the strength to do what they need to do. And give them the backing from the United States and our leaders and all other countries. And we just pray that it might end soon and there wouldn't be any more killing really on either side. May it, may it be over with. May, they, may it be done. But Lord, I just pray for your will to be done. We thank you for blessing us and watching over us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's look at a few things here tonight. And uh, we got some pretty neat things here. And I was looking up the Hamas. And Hamas is um, funded by Iran, of course. Iran is really good people. And... You know, we just gave them $6 billion to help them fund some of this stuff. And anyway, that's what's happened. And, and I don't understand why any president would ever give somebody like Iran money knowing what they're going to do. We just, just a few weeks later, and this happens, and these people are funded by Iran. Boy, that's something else. And they're formally called the Islamic Resistance Movement, governing the Gaza Strip. They've also got a presence in the West Bank. And then we've got Hezbollah. Uh, Hamas is down low, down south, on the, on the coast there, on the Mediterranean Sea. And then Hezbollah is up in the north part on the coast, on the western coast up there, in Lebanon. So they border Lebanon. And Hezbollah, the word Hezbollah means party of God. And they're also backed, you'll never believe it, by Iran. You know what Iran said over and over? They've said it in the last year, the Ayatollah. That Israel, they'd like to wipe them off the face of the map. They keep saying it over and over and over. These people are hate speech people. They hate Israel. And Israel's not doing anything. They're just doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're, that's their land that God has given them. And so they're over there and you're reading about that. Um, I saw also where um, Turkey's president um, has raised concerns about us moving an aircraft strike carrier close to Israel. He says, what are they doing that for? Why, why do they need a strike carrier over here? I know what I'd say if I was president, unless you want to be for Thanksgiving dinner, Turkey, <laughs> keep your nose out of it. And here's how I feel about it. And maybe everybody don't feel the way I do, but I'm a Bible believer. If I was president, I'm not president, and I don't want to be president, and I never would be president. But if I was president, I'd make a very quick statement. If you attack Israel, you've ta attacked America. Because Israel's God's chosen people, and we've got to stand with them. And if you don't stand with them, you're going to have big problems. You say, no, that's what the Bible says. 
any nation that's ever gone against Israel's had problems because God's promised some things about that. And so anyway, take your Bible and turn to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Vladimir Putin. We all know we can trust him from Russia. He said the USA has caused this. He said we've ruined the region by not allowing the long-term wishes of the Palestinians. He said we've ignored the Palestinians, including their need for their own independent state right in the center of Israel. Well, let me tell you something. God said they didn't get a state there. It don't have nothing to do with what he thinks. We, you better stay out of God's business, and that's what they're doing right now. New York had a pro-Palestinian rally this weekend near Times Square held by the Democratic Socialist of America. And they're saying that Israel, Representative Omar, a Muslim from Minnesota, um, Ocasio-Cortez, that's the one that Blonde's been telling jokes about her. She's so dumb. Anyway, <laughs> no offense, Blonde. I'm just playing with that part. But anyway, in Ocasio-Cortez over there, they said that there ought to be a ceasefire, that Israel shouldn't be retaliating. And here these people have come in there and killed all these people in their country and taking people hostage, and they're supposed to do nothing about it and say, it's okay, let's just try to have peace. That's not how it works. When they knocked the towers down in September 11, 2001, I know one thing, people in America were mad. I remember it. And I don't know that we did the right thing and went the right way. Well, I don't know about all that, but we had a right to do something. We didn't have to take that. And uh, the squad, you know, Rashida Tlaib, she calls for the USA to cut off all aid to Israel. What they ought to do is ship her out. She needs to leave. She's got a Palestinian flag, even today, hanging outside her office in Washington, D.C. Those are terrorist groups. All right, Genesis chapter 3. We're in trouble in this country if people start turning against Israel. The one thing that everybody has agreed on, whether you be a Democrat, Republican, made no difference throughout our entire nation, is we've all stood with Israel no matter what party, that's just been common knowledge that America stood with Israel. Now we're seeing people turn on them. And the reason they're turning on them is because we're living in the end times. This thing's wrapping up is what's happening. Genesis chapter 3. And Adam and Eve sin in the garden. And God brings a curse. And look what happens all the way down in verse 17. And unto Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Curse, cursed is the ground for thy sake. And sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. You know what God did? He's cursed the ground. You know why? Because people sin. That's how come. Now there's weeds that grow, all kinds of bad things. This ground is cursed. Take your Bible and go to um, uh, Exodus chapter 3. The ground's cursed. And you know there's people worshiping the ground. They call earth Mother Earth. And I mean, they worship the earth and everything else and all these earth days and stuff. I understand. I'm not for going in and burning down every forest that we got and all these things. I wouldn't want to do all that. I mean, I don't have any uh, reason to do that. But the truth is the earth was given for us to use. And people have gone crazy. And now what they've done is the earth is a creation and people are worshiping the creation over the creator. I like the bumper sticker that says, if the earth is your mother, I stepped on your mother. <laughs> so I can't believe you'd say that. Well, how ridiculous is it for somebody to say the earth is their mother? The earth's going to burn up in a fire one day. You say, how do you know that? I've read 2 Peter chapter 3. 
I know what's going to happen. And that's at least a thousand years. It don't matter how many climate accords you have or climate whatever this or global. You're not going to fix that. You say, what's going to happen? The Lord's going to destroy it. It won't be climate accords. All right. Exodus. Exodus chapter 3. You can get rid of all the refrigerators you want to and all the um, elect, um, elect, or gas stoves and, and all this stuff. You're not helping anything because I've read the back of the book. Exodus chapter 3. That's people that don't believe the book. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter number 3. And you know what happens in Exodus chapter number 3? You ever get reading the Bible and you just see something? You say, what do you see? You ever thought about the word holy? Holy. We talk about holy. We have a holy God. He's holy. We call this the Holy Bible. Almost every Bible in the front says Holy Bible. The Holy Spirit. He's holy. But you get reading in your Bible and you start out in Genesis, you'll go 53 chapters until you find the first time the word holy. You say, where is it? It's in Exodus chapter 3. So what in the world is we reading Genesis 3 for? You'll see in just a second. Look in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. That's Mount Sinai. It's another name for it. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. We call this the burning bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw not hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. It's holy ground. The first time the word holy is in your Bible, it's about ground. And in Genesis 3, the Bible says the ground's been cursed. But there's one area of ground that's not like the other ground. You know where that is? This is in Israel is what you're reading about. It's the holy land. Take your Bible and go to Zechariah. You say, the what? Zechariah. That's the next last book in the Old Testament. Now go to Matthew and hang a left. It's a whole lot easier to do it. And you find it a lot easier. You go to Malachi to your left, and then you get in Zechariah. Zechariah, chapter number two. That place is called holy ground. The dirt's holy over there. Ground is dirt. Zechariah, chapter two. The Lord's coming back someday. This is a prophecy. It's not happened yet. In Zechariah two, all the way down in verse number 12. And the Lord shall inherit Judah, his portion, in the Holy Land, and shall choose Jerusalem again. You say, what is it? It's holy ground. It's holy land. There's only one holy ground, and there's only one holy land on earth. It's in Israel. You say, where do you get that? I got it out of my Bible. That's the only time it's called that. How many of you ever heard it called the Holy Land? Yeah, everybody's heard that. I saw a thing on the news, war in the Holy Land. You say, where'd they get that? They got it out of a King James Bible. Holy land, right here. It's holy. You say, well, I'll go over there and do what I want. I'd leave that land alone. You won't do what you want. <laughs> now, there's a problem. That land was given to a certain group of people. Take your Bible and go to Genesis chapter 12. Going back to Genesis now. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. 
And you'll see where the nation of Israel kind of gets its start here. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. And verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram. His name was changed to Abraham later. Get thee out of thy country. You say, where is he at? His country was in Babylon, modern day Iraq. And from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in these shall all families of the earth be blessed. You say, who? Abraham. The nation that he's going to start. He's going to bless anybody that blesses that nation. What's the name of it today? Israel. We're to bless the nation of Israel. You know what will happen if our country blesses Israel? We'll be blessed. You know what happens when you've got a nincompoop up there in, um, in uh, Washington, D.C. with the Palestinian flag outside their office and calling for us to stop funding Israel? God won't bless our country. You say, why do you say that? Because that affects everybody in this room. The leaders, the decisions that they make. You've got to be an idiot not to want to take care of Israel. God's given you a promise right here. We've got two missionaries that are in Israel. One of them's not in there right now that we support on a monthly basis. You say, how come? I didn't just say that he'd just bless a nation. He said anybody that blesses Israel, he's going to bless them. He'll bless your family for, help, for blessing Israel. We had um, a guy come through here, and those IFD, the Israeli um, military, those special forces, they were in need of um, military um, armor, really, bulletproof vests, so to speak. And we took up an offering that night, and I don't know how many. We bought 15 or 20 of those vests to give to those special forces over there that they were shooting and killing the terrorists were. God's blessed our church ever since we've done anything like that. You say, well, I can't believe a church would do something like that. Hadn't you read Genesis chapter 12? You can't bless Israel too much. That's in your Bible. Man, I'm for Israel. You say, why are you for Israel? Because I'm for God. And God said to be for Israel. All right, take your Bible and go to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. I got a little pointer in here somewhere. One of my red pens, though. That ain't it. That ain't it. That ain't it. There's a lot of stuff in here, but boy. I think it does. I don't see it either. Okay, I don't see it. That'd been handy tonight. All right. Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. God gets Abraham. Abram is still his name at this point. And you get down here in Genesis chapter number 15. Look down. You think you know where one's at? Oh, you stole the thing, didn't you? <laughs> Genesis 15, 18. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land. Who's his seed? He had a boy named Isaac. He's the promised seed. Isaac had a boy named Jacob. God took Jacob and changed his name to Israel. 
And Jacob, who became Israel, had 12 boys who became the 12 tribes of Israel. He said, of those people, I've given this land. From the river of Egypt, the river of Egypt's the Nile River. Under the great river, the river Euphrates. Uh-oh. Now that's a big problem. You say, well, what's the big problem there? The land they're occupying, that's their land, it goes a lot far. It doesn't reach to the river Euphrates. Now, do you got the map of the Middle East, the big map the, with the multiple countries? Let's see if we can put that up. Oh, there you go. And boy, if I had a pointer, it'd be really nice right now. Wouldn't that be great? Can you see Egypt down there? Everybody see Egypt? It's on your left-hand side. If you go straight up, you'll see Cairo in Egypt, Alexandria, Egypt. Then straight above that, you see the name Israel. That's Israel. Go all the way over, and you'll see to the right of there, Iraq. You see Iraq? In the middle of Iraq is the Euphrates River. According to the Bible, they own not just Israel, but they own to the right of there. What's the right of there? Part of Saudi Arabia and part of Iraq. And it goes all the way up, but it's really part of Syria up there too. I can see the Euphrates right beside the name Syria. You see the Syria? Right to the right of it, it says Euphrates. Israel owns that land. You say, well, they're not occupying it. They will. And say, here's what they're fighting over. They want Israel there, and they're saying they don't have any business here. They got business because I'm reading where God gave it to them right here. God gave them the land. It's the holy land. You say, well, how's he get to decide? He created it. He made the earth. He can decide what he wants to decide. He's God is who he is. All right, Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. Just leave that up for a minute. Genesis 17. Genesis chapter 17. And here he's dealing with Abraham again. And look what he says in verse number 8. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee, not just to you, but your descendants, the land wherein thou art a stranger, and all the land of Canaan. That's all that land of the river Euphrates from the Nile River all the way over. Now, I wonder, people say, well, that was the Old Testament. Read the next four words. For an everlasting possession. He didn't say until the Old Testament was finished. He said it was for an everlasting possession. What's that mean? That means it's not just Israel's land in the Old Testament. It's Israel's land now and forever. It'll always be Israel's land. You say, well, he might have went back on that. God never goes back on his word. Other people might, but he doesn't. Take your Bible and go to Psalms 105. Psalms 105. So you hear me preach that stuff. I'll say, that land belongs to Israel. People say, well, I guess that's right. You know it's right. I'm showing you it's right. Psalms 105. If God's real and he's the God of the Bible and the Bible's real, and there's no doubt in my mind he's real, and there's no doubt in my mind that he's the God of the Bible, and there's no doubt in my mind that the Bible's real, then that's Israel's land forever. Psalms 105. All right, Psalms 105, verse 8. He hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac, and confirmed the same unto Jacob for law and to Israel for an ever 
everlasting covenant, saying, Unto thee will I give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance. You say, for how long? It's an everlasting covenant. Everlasting. No end to that covenant. God's promised that to them. And so there's really no question about whose land it is. They say, well, I mean, everybody's got their own opinion. There's not any opinions about it. This isn't a political speech. I don't care about politics. Makes me no difference. But see, what's happened is they've stepped into um, the Bible. And when you step into the Bible, you're free game for me. Because my job is to preach and teach the Bible. You know what the Bible says? He says, preach the word. You say, what's the word? What I'm reading you right now. This is the word. And so you say, well, don't tell me to vote for it. I'm not telling you. You vote conscious. Here's all I tell people. Pray about it. Pray about it. And say, Lord, who would you have me to vote for? That's good enough. You get your vote and I'll get mine. I'm telling you tonight what the Bible says about some things. I'm not telling you how to do anything. I'm just telling you what the scripture says. And I know one thing about the scripture. I'm on Israel's side because that's the side God's on. I'm sticking with the Lord's what I'm going to do. And so, man, you start reading that. And uh, we got a lot of fighting going on. So take, your, take that Israel map, if you would. Now, the little... White area is what they call Israel. You see Egypt down at the bottom left. You see Jordan on the right. That's all Israel's land, by the way. Saudi Arabia down at the bottom right corner. That's Most of that's Israel's land. And what you'll see is there in the white, on the very bottom left corner, just above Egypt, on above there, you'll see a word called Gaza. You see that? It's on the very bottom left. Right by the Mediterranean Sea. And it's in bold letters. That's where these terrorist groups have been shooting missiles and rockets out of. That's what they're doing to harm Israel. Gaza is a Palestinian occupied territory, but yet it's in Israel. It's Israel's land that they're occupying. And so what they're saying is Israel has no right to kick them out. They've got every right because it's written right here. That's not their land. And then you go just up above there and you see a town called Ashkelon is in the news today. They've been firing rockets out there. And then you see another one across the coast just above that and it's called Ashdod. That was in the news today. They, the Muslims have been firing rockets out of there. And they're firing them into Israel trying to kill those people and trying to wipe them out. And Israel, what they've done is they've come back and they said, that's enough. We're going to defend ourselves. And we've had enough of this, of you slaughtering our innocent people, making grown women, um, elderly grown women, walk naked down a road while they're whipping them in front of all the public, cutting babies' heads off, all these things they've done, raping women. I mean, it's horrific what they're doing. And, there's, and, and people are calling and saying, they shouldn't retaliate. Well, let me tell you something. I'd retaliate and be glad to do it. So, I mean, that's just a bad thing to say, but that's what the people want you to hear. Let's run a few more references. Zephaniah. Now, Zephaniah is going to be over there close to Zechariah again. Zephaniah chapter 3. Oh, I found it. Zephaniah 3. There's something coming together. Now, Biden talked to Netanyahu, Netanyahu and he said, I want, can we try to have a ceasefire and try to have peace? He said, we're not stopping till we finish the job this time. And he's right to do that after what they've done. Because if he doesn't, they'll just do it again. And if he doesn't, and then they'll do it again. And they'll do it again. And what's going to happen is because he's not going to stop, and they, those other countries wouldn't either, 
these nations are about to turn against them. And they're going to say, well, he should quit now. He's going to wipe them out. He's done made up his mind. And what's happened is you've got in the, in the top up there, you see the very, very top is Lebanon. The top middle of your screen. That's where Hezbollah is. They're about, they've already started shooting some anti-tank tank missiles in. So Israel shot back and they're trying to shoot stuff. That's, so you got them in the bottom and top and they're shooting from both directions. as two different groups, both of them backed by Iran. That's where it's coming in at. We was right there on that line. We went to Israel and we walked and you could see the line. You could see Lebanon by the, with the naked eye. I was looking at it out there. And anyway, you could, we were all in that area. And we didn't go all the way down to Gaza because it wasn't safe. But the Dead Sea's to the right of there. We went and we swam in the Dead Sea. So that's pretty amazing. But look in Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 8. Therefore wait ye upon me, saith the Lord, until the day that I rise up to the prey. For my determination, the Lord's determined here, is to gather the nations that I may assemble the kingdoms. That's like the United Nations. They have a general assembly. To pour upon them mine indignation, even all my fierce anger. For all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. You say, who's he jealous over? Israel, that's his people. Those are his people. Boy, it's going to be bad. And, and they're going to go against Israel and it's going to be bad. Zechariah chapter 14. So you go to the right of there, just, just not far. Zechariah chapter 14. Zechariah 14. It's all leading up to what we're reading right here. Zechariah 14. I'm not saying this is going to happen right now. I'm not saying that at all. I don't know when this stuff's going to happen, but I know it will happen. Zechariah 14. But it sure looks like it's coming soon. Zechariah 14.1. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil, he's talking to Jerusalem, shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled. That means they'll be plundered, torn down. And the women ravished. That means right. These are wicked people to do something such as that. And half of the city shall go forth into captivity. And the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. He's coming back. And he's going to gather all those nations there. And they're going to be defeating Israel because they're going to come from all sides. And he's going to handle them when it comes. You say, what's he going to do to them? Look in verse 12. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, the eye sockets. And their tongues shall consume away in their mouth. Their flesh, their eyes, and their tongue will consume before their bones can hit the ground. That's what God's going to do to them. You know why? Because they've touched the apple of his eye. That's Israel. That's Zechariah 2, by the way, the apple of his eye. Speaking of that, look in Zechariah 12. Turn to the left right here. Zechariah chapter 12. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 2. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people. Like in Zechariah 14, all nations are coming. Round about. When they shall be in the siege, they're going to be sieged. Both against Judah, that's the southern part of Israel, and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces. 
though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. God's going Israel won't have any allies when that happens. And even America, we're seeing many of our politicians turn against Israel. That's dangerous. But they haven't all. We're, as a whole, we're still with Israel. But, all right. Revel Romans 11. It's almost impossible to believe in here, but it's happening, that so many people in America is turning against Israel, and they're telling them they have no right to defend themselves after being attacked so viciously and violently. Romans 11. This international community has turned against Israel. Romans eleven twenty five. This is prophecy. Now you got these these people today, and um, what they're saying is God's finished with Israel. They call it replacement theology. Replacement theology is heresy. It's against the Bible. And what they're saying is the church has replaced Israel, and God will never do anything with Israel again. That's all Old Testament. And many Baptist churches now are adopting replacement theology. It's a doctrine of the devil. It's wickedness to even teach something like that. Because what you're doing is you're teaching against God when you start that stuff. And that's a Johnny come lately. The Bible says over there in Revelation, these people that call themselves Jews, these are people saying the church has replaced Israel. They're of Satan. That's what it says in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. All right. Romans chapter number 11 verse 25. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel. Until when? Until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. The Gentile age is the age we're in right now. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away the ungodliness from Jacob. For this my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. God says all Israel's going to be saved. He's going to take care of Israel. That has not happened yet, but it's going to happen. And when the Lord comes back at his second coming and the United Nations all turn against Israel, he's going to fight against them like it says in Zechariah 14. And put that big map back on again. And all that land's going to be Israel's. And there ain't nothing anybody can do about it. Well, that's just mean to say that. It's not mean. It's just a fact. Because God's the one that's going to give them the lands, what I'm telling you. Vladimir Putin, who's he compared to God? The Ayatollah in Iran, who's he compared to God? Joe Biden, well, how about the leader in China? <laughs> who's he compared to God? Who are these people? They're nothing compared to God. And God's coming back and he's going to handle it. And so, what's our job? Our job, we're not, I'm not going to get in some protest or some big fight and all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to pray and ask God to help those people in Israel and do what I can. And keep on preaching the gospel and going to church. And I ain't going to teach on this all the time. I'm just going to pray. God does something. That's what we're going to do. That's what we got to do. Take care of our missionaries over there. Take care of those Christians. I'm on the Lord's side is what I'm on. And I pray that maybe they can get something stopped and get this mess stopped for a while if you don't. Hope they can, because it's awful what they've done. It's a terrible thing. All right, y'all got any questions or anything?